going on, handsome? What's up, man? It's good to see you again. Good to good to talk to you, dude. I'm I'm so happy with how much I'm getting this got to see you, and I'm getting to see you this year because usually it's like a, a one or two times a year thing. Back in the day, it was C Nats, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then now it's been Raw Nats, and then now it's all these Arnold. Mm-hmm. Next weekend, I get to see you at Rising Tide. Don't yep. mind my voice sounding all weird right now. I'm sure people listening are like, why does Sean have a lisp now? I just started uh, Invisalign uh, yesterday. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, trying to get a nice little wide smile action, but now I sound like Angelo. So, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, uh, how long do you have the Invisalign on? It's not like how long per day or like how long in totality? Like total duration of like having to use it. Oh, I mean, they said like they said like four months. It's not that bad. At least I don't think that that's particularly long. I only no, yeah, I got it because yeah, I got it just because I just want. I'm a perfectionist. Like I have a couple bottom teeth that are a little crooked, and then the top, all the teeth are straight, but it's just kind of like more narrow. I don't know if you had braces growing up, but like as soon as you get your braces mm-hmm. off, like everything everything goes back to how it was beforehand. So <laughs> yeah. You have, yeah. you have a handsome smile. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. No, no, I had I had braces for a while too. I, I have a retainer too. I haven't worn it. So uh I don't know, but I've been lucky, man. It hasn't hasn't gone back to to what it was pre braces. So Yeah. I got yeah. you. Well, first of all, I appreciate you coming on here today. Um so we're not gonna have an intro for this episode, guys. This is episode eighteen. We just got right into it. Um mm-hmm. we're gonna Jaron and I will just talk a little bit, you know, I could talk to Jaron forever. Like that's, that's the thing is like, <laughs> you know, we could, we could sit on here and talk for two hours about nothing. Um, but we wanted to come on here today and just kind of give a recap of, uh, of the Arnold's a recap mm-hmm. of, uh, PLA Nats even. Um, and then just talk about what's, what's coming, you know, from us in the future, because obviously as a team, there's a lot to talk about for Jaron as, as the gym owner of, of Ukio, there's a lot to talk about. I'm finally going to be in Hawaii in a couple months, which is super exciting because yep. um, I've been meaning to make it out there even before you opened the gym. And then I was wanting to come out for the opening and never got the chance to. So now, you know, I'm I'm really excited for it, man. Yep, same here, man. Same here. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while. I know you've been wanting to come down and compete too. Um, I know you registered for our September meet last year, and you like um. <laughs> You texted me. You're like, I'm in there, bro. And it was a, it was a novice meet. <laughs> it was supposed to be for like first, yeah. second, and third time lifters. And you're like, oh, fuck, damn. Okay, well, just give my spot to someone else, and you know, it's all good. Um, I think everyone would have been excited to see you compete anyway. And I was like, we can just get you in as a guest lifter. Like, especially for these novice lifters, they wouldn't really get an opportunity to compete with you. You know, they'd have to fly to the mainland or they'd have to qualify for nationals and then hopefully just see you there. Um, so I was like, man, it would still be dope if you if you wanted to compete, but you were like, ah, it's all good, man. Like we'll save it for for another time, and you know we'll give yeah. my spot to to someone else. But um, hopefully that's that's in the plans, man. Maybe twenty twenty four we can get you to actually compete over here. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I would absolutely love to. I mean, you've heard it from me enough. You know, you've heard mm-hmm. it from social media enough. The meets that you guys put on are incredible. It just has to make sense within the competitive year to do it. Like. You know, I think that I think that in another time where 
I was already coming for a seminar, like maybe that would have mm-hmm. been the perfect time, but just with where, you know, the Arnold landed and then with when nationals is, I, I just, it just wouldn't really make sense for me to do the meet that I'm coming yep. out for. Um, because, you know, I, I talked to Steve today about it actually. And, you know, I was like, I, I expect your answer to be that we're not competing until nationals, which I'm fine with. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the plan. I mean, if you catch a hot streak and it just makes sense to go out there and finally just like, you know, put up the 840 day and get that, get that monkey off your back, then, yep. you know, go ahead and, and do that. But I don't think by end of April, there's going to be anything um, too stellar where, cause basically like what we were saying was we would be, we would have to be at a, at a point in training where just going into a meet, I could go in and total 840, which like mm-hmm. last year around this time, I could say that that was a possibility, but just coming off of this meet, we'd have to like try to build up and, and, and force something there. And at that point it's just, you know, it's not worth it, but you yeah. Know, yeah, definitely, definitely would love to do something next year. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. We're thinking probably having um, a meet in January is uh, is going to be like our, our biggest meet of next year. And we're going to try to get uh, a bid to make it like a pro qualifying meet or even a pro meet. Um, I talked to Brad this year or I talked to Brad at the Arnold. Um, we submitted a bid to get a pro qualifier this year, but unfortunately just didn't work out in terms of timeline uh, with the dates that we proposed. But he was saying that uh, for sure in 2024, like we want to try to get one there. So um, talking to some of the coaches, talking to some of the athletes too, we're thinking maybe January um, lines up well because it's like four months after the Arnold if or four, four months after nationals. And then if people still want to do the Arnold, you know, they have like two month time period so they could still potentially do that if they wanted to. But I think more so we're trying to cater towards people who are doing nationals, but still want to do a meet afterwards, which is going to be uh, January. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, be exciting. yeah. Keep that in mind, man. Maybe if you take a trip out this year in April and then next year in January. So yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think the group, cause I spoke to Brad in the warm up room at the Arnold and he was telling me the same thing that, you know, uh, you guys were going to try to get a bid for a pro meet in, mm-hmm. in Hawaii in 2024. Yeah. I think that timeline's great for a lot of people. Like I think for some, maybe October to January would feel a little too close, but now that it's in September, it might be a bit different. And I'd imagine, honestly, like what you'd probably get are you'd, you'd probably get a lot of pros or people wanting to be pros to do that meet, like depending on what it falls as. If it's a pro meet, you'd get a ton of pros who maybe aren't doing the finals or at least you know aren't in contention to win money at the finals. Yeah. Um, and then if it's a pro qualifier, I mean, it, it's really seemed like you're getting a ton of people who want to, to make that trip. Cause like, let's be, you know, let's be real. It is, it is a hike for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. you know, that you guys have coming up, I mean, you, we have plenty of really, really strong lifters from the mainland making the yeah. trip out there. And I think it's just a testament, you know, to how strong the meets are that you guys have been putting on. So, you know, everybody wants to do them, you know what I mean? And, Thank uh, you, man. Yeah, man, of course. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, obviously we'll see where things are at, but even if I decide not to compete, you know, I'd like to think that I could maybe make the trip out there. And, you know, since I'm going to be there with you guys in, in late April, early May, I'll probably get an idea for like, okay, how, how bad is the travel, you know, Mm -hmm. know, get, kind of get a feel for, for how frequently I can make those kinds of trips. But yeah, yeah. And the, I guess it depends how much you want to pay too, because obviously you can have shorter flights going from like the East coast to Hawaii or even, 
you know, like West Coast of Hawaii is, is pretty, pretty doable. But um, if you want it to be like one flight or maybe two flights, then um, it's going to be a bit more expensive and travel time will probably be like 10 to 12 hours. Um, but if you want to save a little bit of money, like there's ways where you can save like $400, but your flight time is like doubled. So it'll be like 20 hours, which is what I did um, with the Arnold going back home. Like my way there was, I think, 12 hours and it had like one layover. But coming back home, I had two layovers and the total travel time was 20 hours. So it was like, wow. you know, but I saved like three, $300, three, $400. So I was like, ah, I, I don't mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm competing, like for sure, I don't want to be traveling 20 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you sleep well on flights? Uh, it's a, it's a hit or miss. Um. I guess it kind of just depends on the time of the day, honestly. Um, but I can sleep for sure. And like, there's been times like the past two weekends, like I'll just, I'll knock out and like, I have the neck pillow, but I'll just fall asleep, <laughs> like lean over. And like two times on the flights, like the person sitting next to me was like, Oh my God, dude, your neck was cranked. Like all the way you were in deep sleep. And I was like, yeah, but I, my neck doesn't really get sore, but I can for sure. I, I can get, you know, I can knock out cold. Man still got that wrestler's neck. Yeah. What about you, bro? Do you sleep well on planes? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I could fall asleep most of the time before the plane even takes off, like mm. just while we're sitting there. And it's funny because I remember, obviously, I'm I'm very happy to be doing what I'm doing now. But I remember being in college, a lot of engineers, not all of them, but a, a you know, a, a percentage of engineers mm. would go into consulting. And I remember like my main like gripe with the idea of doing that was, Oh, you know, I don't want to travel that much. And then like, once I started coaching, it's like, especially my busiest travel year definitely was like 2018 to 2019, because mm -hmm. there were so many locals that I had lifters doing in the area. Cause I was still in the Northeast, I had a lot of Northeast lifters, which nowadays I don't have as many of. Um, and then two that year with that's that CNATS was huge. Yeah. Um, I think I had like 13 lifters doing it. So I was traveling so much that year and then still obviously have been. So it's gotten to the point now where I'm just so comfortable. I can, I can fall asleep in two seconds. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised to hear that you weren't like, yeah, I can fall asleep on any flight. Cause I've seen you fall asleep stuffed into the back of a trunk of a car <laughs> looking like, yeah, uh, I've looking seen you do the same thing, bro. When we went to Fresno, <laughs> you had your arm <laughs> into the shirt, like completely knocked out. <laughs> Dude, it was cold in the car, man. I had to tuck my little arms in inside the yeah. sleeves. You look like there's a picture of you. <clears throat> I can't remember. It might have been like in the parking lot at Ukiyo when you guys first opened. You look like you look like a like one of the characters in Family Guy when they get hit by a car and like their arms and legs are facing different directions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah, that phase of my life was fucking crazy because we were just. I mean, I was getting like two hours of sleep, three, four hours of sleep, like for weeks. You know, so. I'd like go home because we were doing so much stuff with like trying to renovate and like move stuff in and like get settled. And um, yeah, so if there was downtime, like in the evening times, I would be like, oh, my God, I got to I got to take a nap. And I just like <laughs> knock out in the car. I remember, man, you were yeah. I mean, you still are, but you were you were running on E for a while. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was that, was, that was rough. That was, I was rough. Worried. Yeah. 
Awesome, bro. Well, let's uh, let's get into the Arnold. It's funny how like you started off, and you're like, "Yeah, we can talk about anything for hours," and we <laughs> just went on a bunch of different tangents. But let's let's talk about the Arnold. How do you um... before, before the Arnold? Let's talk mm-hmm. about your boy Sean Jin because that okay. man's a dog. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That man's a dog. Yep. Yeah, that was a huge, huge breakout performance, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, and even though we went eight for nine and missed the third deadlift, like I think he showed so much in terms of like what he's capable of, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that opened a lot of eyes for a lot of people. And even at the meet, like people were very, um, very just shocked that like, we were like, fuck it. You know who, I mean, sorry for swearing, but you know, like who cares <laughs> about the win? You know, the win doesn't really mean anything if we can't go to world. So let's just, you know, let's, let's bet on ourselves and let's, let's take a shot at the, at the eight twenty five and a half. and a half. And a lot of people were, were really, um, shocked to see that, but it was it made for a really good show too, you know. So yeah, uh, that was awesome. Um, super proud of Sean, and yeah, it was uh, it was like everything was was aligning that meet. You know, we hit a PR squat, we hit a PR bench, and then he was feeling good on deadlifts, and we're like, let's go for it. And I think the main thing too is like we finally secured eight hundred at at eighty three. Um, Kind of blue balled him at his at his last meet. <laughs> Didn't let him go for the for the eight hundred because we were competing with a bunch of other really strong competitors at Junior Worlds, and it just made sense to prioritize the win. Um, so this one felt good to finally get that one under us. So yeah, really happy with it, man. Dude, he's he's such a gamer, man. Because you know, yes, yes, he. He usually has fantastic training, but in the past couple months, his training kind of took a hit. Like I remember sending, <clears throat> like I remember sending his, I think it was like a 260 squat single to, to one of my lifters. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, this, this looks bad. I was yeah. like, this no. looks slow. Like, yeah. And, and the thing that we were talking about, we were like, we were like, this doesn't look good, but this kid always puts it together. Mm-hmm. Always, 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 always. And Jaron always has the masterful Yamane peak <laughs> place where every lifter comes out and just smokes, you know, it, it, I see it every time. Like I saw it with, with Sean, I saw it with Kyle at the Arnold, like you're, you, you got the secret sauce, man. Like you've been doing a phenomenal job with your boys, which I'm, you. I'm just very happy to see. Um, Thank you. And yeah, dude, like with, with Sean, I mean, I had people, I had a couple of people asking me like, oh, like, you know, how do you feel about like, you know, that, that Gruden won or do you care about the overturning? And it's like, I don't think, you know, regardless of Gruden, I don't think Sean cares that it was overturned yeah. or not. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter yeah. what happened relative to him. All that mattered was the 825 and a half. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing is it was there, you know, it's yeah. like sometimes unfortunately you know as i experienced this past weekend it's like if you've never touched a weight before like sometimes your grip just doesn't hold and it is is what it is but i'm really looking forward to him coming back to the usapl and competing in september because man i mean if he continues on this trajectory there's no reason that he can't make a, a run for the top as well yep yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and both of us are, are really confident in that too. And to kind of give some some context for how Sean's training looked kind of leading into prep and when he was taking some, you know, 
singles at the start of prep and they were moving a little bit slow. Um, the block before we started prep or maybe two blocks before he ended it off squatting 650 for a double. And we were like, yeah. we were like, dude, we're, we're, we're going to squat close to seven. You know, if you can double 650, um, you can probably squat 683, you know, and that's what we were, we were thinking at the time. We're like, okay, we're going to top end. Like we don't have to take anything close to 683 until meet day, but I think you definitely have that in you, you know, and then the following week, I think it was one or two weeks afterwards, he actually strained his quad putting insert sleeves on. Um, and it was like the, comp- because it this was, is, this is example 9,000 that I've given for why no one should wear insert sleeves. <laughs> and I think it was, I think he tried on new insert sleeves and like he, he, so he put them on and just like the compression of them, like on his, on his lower quad, like he was kind of warming up and then he was like, oh, it feels, feels a little bit off, but like, you know, continued with the workout, took his top set and he was like, yeah, that was, that was weird. And he went to his back downs and it still felt off. And like, it just kind of gave him like a, a small strain, but it didn't mm-hmm. really get better after that. Like it took a while for, for him to fully recover and rehab from it. And he was working with John Song for a little bit too. Um, John Song is amazing and gave us uh, some rehab drills for him to do. But even at that, like it, it took a while for him to really find his stride again, you know? So when we started prep and he was taking these singles, like uh, he was still dealing with the, the strain a little bit, still trying to find his groove. And it wasn't really until like the last two weeks where he found it. And we were like, okay, we're, we're back over, you know, we're back again. Um, and he got that confidence back. He got his momentum back. Weight was moving good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just with all the blocks that we've had together, you know, we've been working together for two and a half years now. It's like, we have so much that we can refer back to in terms of how we know he's going to perform on meet day based off of what this happens in prep, um, his predictability and, you know, us just relying and counting on him as a lifter. Like we know he always shows up. So, um, Going into the meet, it was a little, you know, we were both kind of like, okay, these are the numbers that we have set out, but like we haven't hit anything close to that in training, uh, but we know you're going to show up. You know, it's just like instilling that confidence in him. He, he's already confident in himself, but um, us just making sure like, okay, best case scenario, we know that we can take these numbers, but still it's a little bit of a toss up, you know, like we have to just be open to adjusting on a day, which is, that happens with every everyone, right? Regardless of if you're coming in with like, short short confidence or not um so yeah we kind of came in with a plan but just open to to being to just adjusting on the day uh, i squatted 660 which was a pr and we were that was a that was a grind but it was a perfect it was a perfect call it was a perfect call like uh i think if we two uh threw on 302 it would have uh i don't know i don't know if it would have got it but 300 was perfect uh we hit a bench pr2 of 195 um, and then going into deadlifts, you know, going into the meet, actually, Sean knew that he he was going to pull for for eight twenty five and a half. Like that was the goal. He was like, yeah. I don't I don't care about winning. It's eight twenty five and a half or nothing. And um, the only reason why I go for something other than eight twenty five and a half is if Gruden takes eight twenty five and a half and he beats me on body weight, and then we have to go eight twenty six. Um, but it was always the goal of eight twenty five and a half, and I was like, okay, let's see how things are going. Um, let's see how you're moving on the day. And if it's there, we can take it. But if not, let's just try to secure a PR total. Um, mm-hmm. And so after bench and squat, you know, we're feeling really good. Momentum was high. Confidence was high. Um, and I was like, okay, let's sit down. Let's crunch the numbers. This is what we have to hit. 
uh, we, and the number was 330 and a half. And I was like, okay, this is what we have to hit to, to get 825 and a half. And I was like, it's 330 and a half. And he was like, that's, that's, that's big. And I was like, yeah, that's big, man. We haven't touched anything close to it. Um, you know, at first I was like, I, I'd prefer us to just kind of take what's there on the day and not try to go for it. Um, but he was like, no, I, I really want it, man. Like, this is going to be my, my last chance at it. You know, I want to, I want to go for it. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's see how things are going. Let's see how warmups are going. Um, if you're going good and you're feeling good, then let's do it. You know, so warming up and he felt amazing. Like all of his warmups were flying, man. And after his last warmup, we both kind of knew like, okay, like we know what to do. You know, if you're feeling good, let's see how opener goes. Second attempt goes. If they fly, then then we're doing it, you know, and that's exactly what happened. Opener flew, second attempt flew, which, um, which we were very happy with because he actually missed his second attempt in training on grip for his last heavy single. So, you know, that was, even that was like, okay, we just got to know that it's going to be there on meet day. And it was, um, and after a second attempt, we had a feeling that John Gruden was going to just try to tie us on, uh, on total on his third attempt. And he was going to win on body weight. And we we're like, okay, it's probably what they're going to do. And they did it. And I was like, okay, let's just put in a number right now for your third. But, you know, he was on mentally too. Like he was so in the zone. So it was like, okay, everything yep. is lining up where I was like, this guy, this guy wants to take it. So told him already, I was like, okay, no matter what happens with Gruden's third, like I'll put in 330 and a half. And initially uh, Gruden went out and, and took it and, uh, and he missed it. You know, they, they, gave him two to one no lift so i was like okay it doesn't matter like we win we win and on top of that you can you can hail mary for the for the 825 and a half but then they overturned it um and i was like okay this is kind of do or die like if you don't hit it like we we get second but it doesn't matter you know like we we came for for the 825 so uh yeah, yeah. loaded it up and he was ready to go and um flew off the floor like i was on the side and i probably did the highest vertical in my entire fucking life bro like i <laughs> i soared into the sky i was like holy shit and you know just missed it at lockout which is which is all good and we were talking afterwards and you know he was just like man i want to be upset with it but i can't like that was like it moved so well you know and, and i know it's there and i was like yeah. same bro like you know don't don't hang your your head low man this was this this showed us what you're really capable of you know, and 825 yep. and a half is definitely there on like a, a prep where we only found our stride like two weeks out. So um, that was that was kind of the that was kind of the game plan going into it. A lot of people were asking me like, hey, did you know that it was overturned? Like and, you know, because I don't know, some people just wouldn't wouldn't have gone for it. But I was like, yeah, we knew it was, it was overturned, you know, but it didn't matter because even if Sean had beat him and totaled like 807, his chance to go to worlds is still very very slim you know at that yep. point it's kind of like us counting on everyone else competing at sheffield to have a terrible performance and not hit the the carpino versus us counting on ourselves and betting on ourselves and being like okay we have a shot here let's let's go for it yeah no um, exactly and i yeah. think and i think that it would be kind of foolish to bet against you know, like Delaney hitting eight twenty five. Yeah, like, exactly. You'd have, you'd have, to, you'd have like, to have a pretty. You'd have to have a pretty bad day to not hit that. Exactly. Like we we didn't want to bet on worst case scenario for all of these guys because they've shown that they can all do it. You yep. know. Yep. So it was. Yeah, we were just like, let's let's go for it. Let's control what we can control and do what we can do. 
And if that's good yep. enough, then we make it. And if not, well, then we're going to the USAPL, which is what yeah. we wanted anyway. So I don't know if he's made a public uh, post about it that he is going over. But, um, yeah, that's the plan to have him in the mix at, at Raw National. So that's going to be exciting. He'd probably also get into a fight with Gaston if he went to Worlds or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was telling me a little bit about it. They, they're not the hugest fans of him, but it's all good, man. The man uh, speaks his mind. <laughs> yeah. It's too good. It's too good, man. All right. So you got one. You got your first 800 kilo at 83. Yep. And then, and then this past yeah. weekend, you got not just an 800, but an 822 and a half. Yep. In, uh, in Mr. Kyle DeLeon, which for anyone listening, Kyle is probably the tallest 82 of all the top current 82s. Mm-hmm. And I know he was planning on going up to 90. But after this, I mean, I don't know. What, what is, yeah. Have you guys discussed it? Is he going to stay we, down? We have. We, we've discussed it multiple times. And this has been a topic that we've talked about for a while, too. You know, like even after nationals last year, like it was a conversation of like, do we want to go to 90 or do we want to stay at 82? Because he's a big dude, you know, and he's like you said, he's tall. He has a big frame, but he's also he's also jacked and he's shredded. You know, it's not like he has a ton of room to put on more weight or he's he's pretty he's a full 82 and a half. Um, so even after that, he got a little bit heavy in the off season. Uh, leading into corrupted, and there was a point where we were like, "Oh, do we just, you know, do this meet at ninety, see how it goes, or do we want to go to eighty-two? And we were like, "Oh, let's let's see how things pan out." Um, and he was kind of on the fence about it, not too sure. He was sitting a bit heavy though, probably like one ninety, a little over one ninety. Um, and then when we started prep, he was like, "I think I can, I think I can make it down to eighty-two. Like, let's let's make the cut down." So um, it was a little bit hard for him to get his weight off at first, but um, you know, we were able to make weight at 82 half at corrupted, but that was a, that was tough. That was a tough one. He was spitting and we were sauntering in the morning time and, you know, he just made it. Um, and we just came out of that meet knowing like, okay, if we're going to stay at 82, like we got to get our weight down in the off season. Like we don't want to do this again. You know, that was a, it was, it was kind of rough on meet day, but he still had a great, great day at corrupted. Um, still ended up PRing his total, but that meet we wanted to just have the best performance as possible. And uh, it ended up being where on his second deadlift, we secured 795 and we went for, I think, 807 and a half on his third deadlift and missed it. So one of his, his biggest goal leading into it was like, we got to secure 800 at 82 and a half, but we missed it, you know? And it just hurt knowing like how much that he has it in him, you know, uh, for sure, comfortably. And we're like, oh my God, okay, well, we can't we can't leave 82s now because after the corrupted meet he was like okay this is gonna be my last one at 82 half secure 800 and then we're going up but after that we were like we can't we can't leave this way man we've got to take another stab at it so he's like okay Arnold we got to do it you know this is gonna be our last dance at 82 let's secure 800 uh, we looked at the American record and it was 207 and a half and we're like we can definitely do that too so those were like two of our big goals going into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he crushed it, man. Crushed it. Um, weight cut was a lot better this time. Um, but I think more so because he had his weight just lowered to start the prep, you know, and we water loaded, 
Uh, we didn't do a sodium load this time, and that actually allowed him to just the weight just fell off for him. Because in other other preps, we've done like a a water load and a sodium load, and it was just kind of hard for that last half pound to pound to come off. But this time, just a water load, weight fell off super easy. Um, and yeah, total eight twenty two and a half. Got the American record. Um, we're kind of joking in the back and like leading into it that we're like, yeah, screw eight, um, screw two hundred eight. Like we're going two ten. But I was like, in my heart, I was like, okay, let's let's do two hundred eight. Like we don't have to, you know. Like let's secure the the American record. But the way that he was moving on the day and like just how locked in he was, he was like, dude, you gotta give me two ten. Like I know I have it in me. And I was like, yeah. most other people, I'd be like, nope, absolutely not. Like no shot. Let's secure it. Let's secure it. But just knowing Kyle, like he he always shows up, man. I mean, both of those guys, you know. They, they outperform themselves on meet day um, and they've shown that time after time. So um, we did it, secured 210. And then on his, uh, on his third deadlift, we secured 822 and a half, which um, puts him at over 10 times body weight too, which was a huge, huge, huge milestone. You know, 800 yep. and 10 times body weight are both big ones. So we're very, very happy with, with that performance. And um, yeah, a lot of people were telling me too, like, Bro, you guys have got to stay. You guys have got to stay, man. You're in the mix now. Um, but, you know, at first, we, we kind of go back and forth a little bit. You know, leading into the meet, we're like, this is going to be our last one. And after the meet, we're like, it's going to, you know, yeah, this is our last one. We're committing to 90. Uh, but right now, the game plan is to maybe do a meet in the summertime. Um, and that one is going to be at 90 for sure. And Kyle's going to commit to filling out the 90 kilo weight class. Um, but, you know, if, if his body weight stays at like 190 to 192, we'll, we'll see. We'll see around like that, that June time frame if that's where he's at and like he can't really gain much more weight than that. Then it's like, okay, maybe we can make our way down to 82. But if he's like 195, 196 in June, July, it's like we're just going to commit to 90. So we're going to gotcha. see how these next few months go and, and make the call there. Um, but... Yeah, I think we're, you know, my preference is us prioritizing filling out 90s just so we can think a little more long term. Because I think if he commits to 90, like his ceiling is so much higher there. You know, we can squeeze out a bit more at 82 for sure. But if we make the move to 90, especially since his natural weight is a bit heavier, like I think I think he can do some crazy things at 90 and not just thinking this year, but like next year, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's when it will come in the next, you know, two years yep. is when he fills out that frame and the, and the total really jumps up. So, yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely, man. But yeah, that day was a, it was a roller coaster for sure. I don't know if you were watching, but uh, he got his, he got his opener on squat and then he missed his second on depth. Yep. And, um, and we were still like, you know, we went to the back and I was like, okay, he knew it was, he knew it was a little bit high too. So we went to the, to the tech table and I was like, okay, bro, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to retake it. I know you can, I know you have the strength for this. We just got to execute on your third, but I was like, okay, we got to go 628. You know, I don't want to go more than that. And then just like, he was like, no, 639. And I was like, nope, <laughs> 628. And most times like I'll, you know, I'll take the lifter feedback into consideration, but I want you going three for three. But in Kyle's case, like we've done so many meets together and I've seen him on meet day and like just seeing his demeanor and like reading his energy, like he was, he was on, like he was, re- he was so ready. Um, 
And I was like, okay, man, like, you know, I, I saw it in his, in his eyes and in his voice when he was like, 839, trust me, like, I have this in me. Please let me take it. Like, I'm going to take it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So I put it in, you know, and then afterwards I was like, okay, dude, we need to, we need to get this, you know, because if not, he's left with just his opener. And at that point we go from like, you know, we want a total 820 plus to we're going to have to marry something to just get 800 if he misses his third, yeah. right? So that was a roller coaster of emotions and he, he ended up getting it. So I was like, okay, we're on this high bench is moving really well. And then he goes off for his third attempt for, um, for the American record and emotions are high again. And he goes to set up. He has like 17 seconds. I'm like, okay, we're, we're good. We're chilling. He tries to unrack it. Can't get it out of the rack. He resets himself, tries to get it out of the rack again, can't get it. He goes for a third time to unrack it. He pushes it into the rack. And at this point, it's like five seconds left. And I was like, dude, we got we, we to gotta go. You know, and he Goodness. finally, on his fourth one, he unracks it. And he gets the start command at half seconds left. At a half second oh left. Yeah. Oh so that was goodness. like, that was, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was getting worried, man. But I was like, okay, you know, stay composed, stay composed. Um, and he ended up getting it. And we're like, we're good. We're good. We're on a high again. And then it's a two to one, no lift. And we're like, you know, you know, we're on this. It's just a roller coaster, man. But but I went to the jury. We got it overturned. And then we're on this high again. What was the no lift for? Um, I think the side judge called it on up and down. And I think they said the head judge called it on his butt. Like that's what the I think that's what the jury told me. And they were like, no, that was a they're they're like, no, that was a good lift. Like, you know, the head judge can't call that or like, you know, they're the the whole jury was like, Yeah, it's it's a good lift. So they overturned it. Interesting. Yeah. That's wild. I, yeah. so, I, I don't know. Well, I, I didn't ask the I did I didn't personally ask the head judge myself, but um that's what I think, yeah, one of the jury members told me and they're like, Yeah, they can't can't do that. So I actually I didn't, didn't know about the time thing. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy, bro. He was all hype, you know, he's he's getting lit. Gina was getting behind him and it was it went from like this really high to oh my god, I don't even know if we're gonna get the it might be just an automatic no lift, but yeah, it was it was a time crunch for sure. But even at that, you know, like a lot of times if people are are running short on time and they're kind of rushing or you know, they're the pressure's on for them to take the lift immediately. Uh, I think most times when you see that, like they don't get it, especially if it's a yeah. third time, you know. Oh, absolutely. But, um, fuck, he stayed composed and he got it done. So, so it, it was amazing to see, man. I want him to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think so too, dude. Like, I mean, I can definitely see that. I can see that. We'll see how things go. Like I said, if he's walking around at like 190, then we've already talked about it. Then, you know, we're going to make the cut down to 82. But if he's like 195, we're, we're going to go to 90. Um, and I think we're yeah. just going to think more long-term than thinking just this year. Of course. Um, but him being in the mix at 82 is going to be crazy if he does end up staying. But even either way, it's going to be amazing, you know. But yep. 82s at this year is going to be – it's going to be awesome, man. Like, I think there's honestly, in my opinion, I think there's multiple people who can total 840 plus, you know, mm-hmm. like if you look at even the top five, like there's Russ, there's Jamar, there's you, Angelo, who can definitely total. I mean, he totaled 835 in training comfortably, you know, yeah. um, 
and even looking at Sean Jin, like if he's healthy and we're going to keep him healthy this off season, um, he's fully capable of totaling 840 to 850, you know? So um, that, that right there is like five people who can total 840 plus. So, yep. and, and especially, yeah, for sure. Kyle, if he stays, stays at 82, like he's definitely in the mix there. So that puts it at like six people and there's people that we, you know, don't even know about right now, probably are, are, aren't anticipating them to be in the top five, but I'm sure like when nationals comes around, they're going to have some huge performances. So, um, yep. that weight class is going to be insane, man. It's going to go from this year, you know, right now to having like one person totaling 840, which is like Russ, to having potentially five or six. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. But that being said, you know, you were so close to totaling 842 and a half. So how do you feel about about your performance, man? And uh, kind of walk me through the whole emotions of, of meet day and maybe what your guys game plan was going into the meet. Yeah, so. The Arnold was an interesting one for me this year because, you know, the VA Pro strength-wise, everything was was pretty good. Um, you know, deadlift especially. About six weeks out from the VA Pro, I told Steve, I was like, look, I know we've been running with this like very minimalist deadlift setup for the past year, but I feel completely understimulated. Like, let's go back to what we were doing before we tried this. Like, I'm confident that I can handle it. Mm -hmm. And in a six week time period, which is literally just a block, like my deadlift went from, you know, working around, you know, in the 683 to 705 range being a challenging single Mm -hmm. to 716 being like a true RP8. Like it just was, we were riding under that threshold of like what is optimal in terms of overall workload. Mm -hmm. And then once we eclipsed it, it was night and day. So being able to pull 750 the way that I did was, you know, a, a testament to that. So coming into uh, the Arnold, we kept that deadlift layout the same, but coming into the VA Pro, we were we were struggling a bit with squat, um, and that's usually like the my issue, right? Like I, you know, I, people after the Arnold were like, "Oh, you had more in the tank on squat." I'm like, guys, I squatted twelve and a half kilos more at the Arnold four years before this. Like, don't there's nothing to celebrate about that squat. Like that's there's, there's way more to be desired there. And, you know, nationals prep was huge. You know, I had a, uh, 620 for four, which was humongous. And then two days later, and then two days later hit 663. Um, and the day that I hit 620 for four, I mean, that day I felt like I could have squatted like 673, 683. Like I felt unstoppable that day. And that prep was amazing. And then after nationals, we went through this like pause squat block. That was also really good. I had hit like 600 for five. Uh, I had hit um, a pause squat with 640, like pretty big lifts during this block. Yeah. And then after that, we transitioned into like what was going to be prep for the VA pro and things just took a dive. I think it was because with the layout we had, those pause squats were allowing me to manage more workload mm-hmm. um, and squat just took a hit. So we didn't have a clear picture going into the Arnold or the VA pro like of what made sense to do. And then going into the Arnold, it was kind of the same thing. And what ended up happening is I was just like very grossly understimulated on squat. Like I felt very, very weak, but very fresh. Like it was just like deadlift was, was cruising and all of my recovery was going toward deadlift. And then squat was just like 
you need to give me more. Like there's just nothing for me to work with. Mm -hmm. And Steve and I decided like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're doing these singles right now that are not really, uh, at any sort of high baseline. It was like, I'm just hitting 584 for weeks on end, but then it's beating me up for all my back off work. And we're like, we're, we're not, we're not getting any productive training in here because, you know, I'm hitting a single that's fatiguing me for my back off work, but the single's not even impressive. So it's like the quality of work done week after week is just so low. Yeah. So we were like, let's get rid of the singles and just like build back up this volume in these mid to high rep ranges. So I didn't do any singles, all of the Arnold prep. It was literally just a, let's try to get squat back up, not even like let's peek into the meat because it was just gotcha. that such a, a not great point. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was interesting, like coming into the meet, we were like, well, you know, we know that you can squat kind of 290-ish, you know, 287 to 290 kind of any day in the gym, um, you know, if you were to load it. So we're going to open with 260 like we did for the VA Pro and just take big jumps so that if 290 is there, you take two 15 kilo jumps. If it's not there, you can do, you know, you can make an adjustment to the game plan. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I knew that bench was going to show up. I knew that deadlift was going to show up. Um, squats felt okay. Like warming up. I mean, you were, you were back there. Like my warm ups mm-hmm. felt incredible, yep. but I've just been having this issue in the past. I'd probably say since I've gotten back in heels, um, and I'm not blaming heels for this because my best squats and comp were done in heels, but I did have that like hiatus in 2020 where I was squatting in flats mm-hmm. and I felt fantastic, but I would always get injured squatting in flats. Mm. Like I had torn my, my adductor squatting in flats. So we went back to heels and like just mechanics wise, my squat looks so different than it used to. And it, on meet day, what it's translated to is like any time I get into the upper fives or above, like I can't just get in and out of the bot. Like I feel like I'm I'm struggling to control the weight. And and that's kind of how it felt on meet day. Like mm. I felt really strong, but I just feel like halfway down, I just lose everything. And I don't really know what to attribute that to. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but you know, 282, like it, it's just, it's so frustrating because like I can squat 282 and still be on track for the best total done as yeah. you know, in the 82 kilo weight class. Like it's so, it's so annoying. Yeah. Right. That like I'm just dragging along this mediocre lift for the past couple of years. Um, but I was happy to go three for three. You know, it's like for sure. Uh, for sure. It, it's, you know, the VA pro, I missed two squats, which I don't usually miss on depth. Like it's, you know, people will comment on sometimes my squat being borderline, but like that doesn't happen very often. Me day, I can usually um, just bring it together. Like fatigue mm-hmm. being dissipated just gives me a bit more room. But at any rate, was happy to go three for three. Yep. Um, the way that we've been peaking for bench has been really nice. So like basically just moving my Friday session to the morning of meat and it just feels it feels better. Like it, it just it just primes me for meat day. Um, and I think the thing that's been nice is like I've been training on like a slippery floor, but I'm kind of matching numbers from the past. So mm-hmm. when I get on a platform, I feel better. Like on meet day, I hit that 215, you know, felt like I probably had another five or seven kilos in the tank. Yep. Um, and even with like the carpet, like not being the best, like 
it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it you know, I could, could I get the best footing ever? No, but it, you know, I could bench 215. I could bench 220 without that. And it's because I've just been training with, you know, not meet day conditions. And I guess it's just, I've just gotten stronger in that regard. Like I think that, you know, even as an, as an 82, I could probably hit 225 in comp. Like I'm, I'm genuinely feeling like that's on the, on the horizon. Um, you know, especially since I've kind of cut out all of the, the fluff work that I was doing last year, which admittedly probably held me back more than it helped me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. This meet actually, I mean, I'm sure people know this, but like, I didn't, I didn't cut for this meet. I just came in at my normal body weight, which ended up being, uh, 85.7 kilos. I could have weighed in lighter the night before. I was just like, I'm just going to stuff my face and I just <laughs> ate. So, uh, but this would have been the meat to cut for because with that equipped flight, we had like oh my three God. and a half hours before Dude. we even got on the platform. Yeah. That was fucking crazy. Like they, their yeah. flight must have taken like an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, I didn't, I didn't time it, but it was, it felt so long in the back, you know? Yeah. I mean, that meat in totality was probably like almost six hours. And I remember talking to Angelo and Joe Stanek and being like, man, if there was a meat for me to cut to 82, this would have been the one. Like, Yeah. Yeah. You get all the time so, to, to recomp and get settled and yep. like everything digest. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been, that would have definitely been the meat to cut for. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not big on, you know, if I could win money, great, but like, I don't really care too much about the dots thing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was pulling into third on my third deadlift until I was told after the meet, like that wasn't even a consideration. Um, you know, deadlifts always show up, which is fantastic. And after I pulled my second of seven eleven, I just, I literally walked off the platform and you might've been there. I don't know if you were or not, but I turned to Steve, I go load whatever you want. I don't care. Oh yeah. And I just went. I just walked away. I just went to the bathroom, came back, saw yep. 345. I'm like, all right, like we got this. <laughs> and I am so certain that I had it. So like there was not a doubt in my mind when I went out onto the platform that I was going to hit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just rushed, you know, I just, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse to be, to peak so hard on a lift like that because, you know, with squat and deadlift or squat, sorry, with squat and bench, Mm-hmm. You know, historically, I would say my best squat in meets is on par with my best squat in training. My best bench in comp is probably a little bit less than my best in training just because, you know, commands play play a bigger role. Yep. But deadlift, almost always I can touch more than I've ever hit in training. I don't know why my body is that way, but it is. And I'm thankful for it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you see six reds and a green on the bar you're yeah. like, I've never even loaded this on a bar yeah. before. I, I've never even attempted this. So it's like, it can definitely, it can definitely get to you and, and can, you know, even if like consciously you're not nervous, it just speeds up all of your actions. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember watching back my video and it's like, usually I'm like, I'll go with these little, the little arm shakes. I'll do like five of them. And then I just kind of sit there for a bit. And I watched it back and I just went one, two, three. And then I just went, I was like, oh, <laughs> like I just rushed it so, so hard. <laughs> when I got halfway up, I felt, I felt my thumb starting to go and I'm like, all right, like I'll, I'll, 
I'll try to get myself behind the bar, but I, I kind of already know it's over. Yeah. Um, so that one, that one definitely stung, but you know, to be, to be eight for eight at a, at a, at a high level meet like that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be in that position. Right. Because I think the, the story of me has always been like, Hey, like this guy's strong enough to win, but he just doesn't put it together. Right. And, and ultimately I still do feel like, you know, did I put it together on that day? No, I didn't hit my third pole, but you know, mentally I was in a much better place. And, and a lot of that is because of you, you know, in all honesty, like, so for people who don't know, um, you know, Steve is obviously my coach, right. And he's the one putting in the attempts, but Jaron was in the, was in the, Jaron was my handler for the meet. Steve was the number caller. Steve was coach, but Jaron was my handler. And I think that, you know, obviously Jaron's going to have at least Sean Jin mm-hmm. in the primetime flight at nationals, but I'll pray that he's able to <laughs> help me in any capacity yeah. that he can, because it was huge for me. Like, I, I mean, Steve would even agree. Like, I would not have been able to do what I did without you there. And I think the reason for that is I'm a very cerebral lifter. And if I'm left to keep everything internalized, it just... It's it's too much. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be some outward expression of energy in order for me to perform my best. And for those listening who don't remember these days, Jaron used to compete. Jaron used to be a much beefier version of what he is now. Yeah. And he used to run me over at me <laughs> when he would hit his third attempts. Like this dude was a bulldozer. <laughs> and, you know, that's the... That's like the mutual energy that we would have in competitions. And I knew that I needed that, you know, and, and I can't be barreling over Steve. I can't be hitting Steve. I can't be forehead to forehead with Steve, <laughs> yeah. you know, face. like that's just not, that's just not how he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's a very, you know, reserved guy, very methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's enough, you know, he's the numbers guy on meet day, but having Jaron back there, like I, I said this on social media and I, almost, I, I, I feel bad to some degree, but like, I was just like punching Jaron. Like I was just oh, hitting yeah. him. fucking, yeah, <laughs> please bro. Like, you know, whatever it, it takes to get you in the zone. And like when you're hype, you know, slapping each other and fucking running through each other like that. I love that, bro. I love that. I mean, I yeah, do the same no, to I, you. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I get, a, I get a little taste of it, but it, like you feed off of that energy and i think it's not only just the energy but it's like that confidence you know like yeah. we can just kind of be in the zone because i think in other meets that i've handled you at you know like you said you're very cerebral so even sometimes with the warm-ups you know like you're like okay like let me i'm gonna take this and this and this um but like i'm gonna take it at this time you know so like even warm-ups like kind of in control of, of your warm-ups and i was there to support you but in this meet I think like once we kind of started going through squats, you were like, you, I trust you with everything. Like you load whatever, like this is what I typically take, but you load whatever, you tell me when to go. I trust you with the timing. I trust you with everything, you know? And like that kind of, I think allowed you to, to just be in the zone. You don't got to worry about anything, you know? And then I could just load everything up for you. I tell you when to go, you go and do it. You get back in the zone again. And then we go out for our attempts and it's like, we get you hyped up when we need to, you know? We get yeah. hyped when you need to, but then after your attempt, we bring the energy levels back down, get back in the zone. And then when it's time to ramp up, we do the same thing, you know? So it was like, I think it was good to have someone just to, just to tell you like when to go and then when not to go. Um, so yep. you can just focus on yourself. And then obviously when it's time to get hyped, like we were 
we were we were getting hyped, man. We were we were in the zone for sure. And I've never seen you that way, you know. But I think that confidence was big. That confidence and just like embracing where you were in that meet. Because after yeah. every attempt, it was like the confidence was getting higher and higher and higher. And I know you were, you know, I know you weren't stoked about the number that you hit on squat, but confidence-wise, it was like we come out of that lift feeling good because we're three for three. You know, we're three for three. Physically, we feel good. And then for sure on bench too, it was like come out feeling feeling strong. You know, we didn't yep. we didn't empty the tank, we didn't fail. Like we have the momentum and the confidence on our side. So it was like going into deadlifts, we can just we can just ball out. You know, we yep. can empty the tank here. So that was yep. really, really awesome to see, man. See you in the zone and see you so focused and just ready to go. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I know that you, because you, you, you handled me as well at, at Nationals this past year and it was a completely different tone, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even, even before everything that happened with squat, I definitely felt like I was a bit more, you know, uh, in my head, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. even prior to, to missing, you know, that second squat. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, and, and my training was going better into that meet, right? Like it's like, you know, my, my best training total going into nationals was 860 something. Like it was, you know, theoretically confidence should have been its highest yeah. at that competition. And this meet, there was nothing really you know, special coming into it. So it's, it really is a testament to mentality as well as the ones that you trust to create the environment around you. Right. Cause it's like having you there, like you are creating the environment for me to be confident. Like, sure. Am I coming into the meet relaxed, composed? Absolutely. But you throw someone into an environment that challenges that, you, you know, you might revert back to the way you've been before. Right. So like having you there and, and that's, and that's, uh, you made a good point. Like, you know, cause in years past and even, even recently too, like having been, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like a guy who's good with numbers. Like I definitely am, you know, consider myself intelligent and I'm a coach. So when it comes to timing warmups, when it comes to certain jumps, like anything that a coach does, I've always had this feeling of like, like, I, I know how to do this best. So like, I can't relinquish that. Like, you know, no, no knock on, on Joey at all. But in the time that I worked with Joey, like that's, that's very much how I felt. Like I, I'm going to be able to run the numbers faster. So like, why is my, my brain's not going to not do that if that I know that I'm quicker at that. Right. And like, that's the way that I've just kind of always felt. And then, you know, with how, just how much you have proven yourself, you know, now it's gotten to the point where it's just easy for me. Like when we were in the warm up room, I was like, just tell me when to go. Tell yep. me, tell me what to do. And like, that's very, that's not me. But at the same time, it's like, there's no champion lifter who does what I've done all this time. Right. Like everybody who is a champion lifter just lifts. Like you just go out there and you just listen and do what you're told. Right. And that's, that's kind of how you have to be. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to to nationals and and being able to, you know, repeat that because, man, like if I can if I can string together the the squat, like it doesn't even need to be an outlandish one, just something from 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 a couple <laughs> years ago. Just yeah. give me just give me a 2019 squat. I don't care <laughs> I don't care which meet it's from. Just give me one of them. 
you know, we'll be yeah. in, a, in a great spot. So, oh, yeah. Cause I mean, if you just say you just add five kilos to the best squat that, or five kilos to the squat that you did at the Arnold, which is like mm-hmm. no problem, right? Say you add two and a half kilos to your bench, and then we just take the deadlift that you just took, but you get it. That's 850. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And obviously, and it's, think- it's easier said than done, right? We, we still got to execute, but like you, so you have that in you for sure. Like none of those numbers are like, none of them sound outlandish. Like they're all so doable. So, yep. Um, and I know you guys have been waiting, waiting to finally break through that, that 825. And we were kind of jinxing ourselves um, going into your third, uh, Steve and I, because we we're like, dude, this is it. This is it. He's going to blow it out of the water, you know, and it was, it's just going to make it that much sweeter when it, when it happens at nationals. Cause I know you, you're so capable and you will total 850 plus. You know, yeah. It's going to, I think, I think that's what it's going to take as well. I would say the person who wins Nats is probably going to be in that 850 to 855 range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's probably where it's going to land. Yeah. I think so too, man, but I'll definitely be back there with you. I think, um, depending how many people they take for prime time, I'm definitely going to have Sean and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, I don't know if they're going to do like a 10 top 10 type of thing or like this past year, I think they only took like top five or six and they had to be pros. Right. Um, yeah. So for this, yeah, but this past year it was because equipped was with us. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this year they'll go back to like that nine to 11, which I think they should. I like the yeah. idea of prime time just being, you know, being separated by weight class. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, the I energy like back there would be a lot better too. If it's like, if it's the top nine to 10 guys in that weight class, in that division together. Yeah. Versus like five in one weight class, five in another weight class. And yeah. Yeah. I think it just works out better that way. Yeah. For sure, man. For sure. But yeah, I'll definitely be back there with you. Um, I mean, I was talking to Steve a little bit after the meeting. He was like, you know, thank you so much for being back there. Like that was, that was awesome. And um, if you can be back there for nationals, that would be great. And he was like, oh, actually like you're going to be handling Sean Jin and you're going to be against us. So, you know, and I was like, no, fuck that, man. Like I'm going I'm to be back there with you guys. Like I'm a, of course I'm going to be there for Sean Jin, but I want to be, be back there and help you guys out and and hype you up as much as I possibly can, you know, just because we're going for the same goal of like hitting, hitting our best total and, and for placing, it's like, I, I, you're my fucking boy, man. That doesn't change anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, just cause we're just cause you guys are competing in the same division and in the same flight that that doesn't change anything. So, um, and I'll say it and I'll say it here to fire up your boy, just because I love Sean and, and I know that this will be good, but you're not beating me at nationals, Sean, Jim. <laughs> Not happening. We'll see, bro. If you, total, if you total 825, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, bro. 8, 8, 20, 825 for the third year in a row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nah, eat my words now that I said that. It's fine. <laughs> it's, fine. it's already out there. I got to double down now. Yeah. You but will. I, I, yeah. I want to I see that man just come out guns blazing and uh, and put something crazy together because he's he's one of my favorite lifters to watch and just yep. such a complete lifter you know like I, I I don't like I don't like lifters who are not well-rounded which is like another reason why my squat is like frustrating like because bring it back up and it's just like there's no there's no there's no chink in his armor but now you know there definitely is like opening a flight 
is the worst feeling on planet Earth. I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And it used to, I remember in 2018, the order was like, for prime time, it was like, whoever, me, Russ. Because mm-hmm. my squat was only within like it was within like ten kilos of his at the time, yeah. And then now it's like I opened the flight for the eighty threes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you would think you would think I'd be coming out there with just like these long like chicken legs, yeah. You know, being the being the guy opening the flight below six, but oh man, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you got you definitely will, bro. I'm I'm fully confident in that. And nationals is going to be exciting because like top end, you know, there's pe- multiple people totaling. 840 to 850 um but also realistically like there's there could be a lot of people where they just they miss one attempt you know and they fall into the 820 to 830 now so it's gonna i mean that's how that's how it goes every year man that's why that's why with nationals it's really you know trying to predict you know or, or rather trying to say like oh this person is good for this in training so they'll hit this on meet day it's it's a totally different ball game. Like every, every year that, especially like since Steve and I have worked together every year, we have the talk where we're like, what, what total do we need to hit in order to win? And every year, the predictive total we have, we have been not even close. We've been exactly spot on. Like the total that we believe that the person who won, which obviously is Russ, that he would hit, hit it. Like we nail the number every time. Mm-hmm. And it's just because you can't miss. You miss, it's over. Yep. So. Exactly. And I mean, even this year, the, the stakes are higher because if you, for those top five, six guys who are all gunning and, and have that potential and capability to total top end, right? 840 to 850. If you miss, you, miss, third, you might drop from you, first to fifth. Yeah, right. You're like knocked out of the, out of the podium. So it's going to be exciting, man. The third, third deadlifts, that flight is going to be, insane everyone's going to be pulling for the win yep 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 sweet bro sweet sweet you're Getting excited fired up over yeah, here, dude. i know bro i see you moving your head around man <laughs> after the meet after the meet i was still like bouncing around like i was at dinner and i was just like <laughs> like i still had the caffeine going because that meet was so long that yeah. before deadlifts i was like ready to fall asleep and i was like i need two more scoops of pre-workout like mm-hmm. just yeah, I mean, yeah, I, pro- I probably had like six scoops of pre that day. Yeah, I mean, even for for me as a handler, because I had Kyle in the morning session, right? So, I mean, I was up at like four a.m. to make sure his weight was good. When we got to the venue, um, got a coffee, like extra shot of espresso. Uh, in the middle of his tra- of his session, got another coffee, extra extra shot of espresso, and then I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta keep this energy for for Sean's flight and Sean's session. So like. I think I got like two, I think I had like 12 or 15 shots of espresso that day, like just to keep energy high, you know, but all of us were like, didn't you come back to the warm up room with some fruity pink drink? <laughs> it was okay. Well, I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of, of sweet, sweet drinks and Chelsea's looking oh at me right now, right now. <laughs> she, she knows that, but, um, it was a, it was a white mocha, white chocolate, raspberry, Oh no no! White oh, chocolate good. cherry amaretto, and like I got like three of them, dude. It's so it was fucking so good. It was, <laughs> it was so sweet though. It was so sweet, but it was so good, bro. Um, it's like seven. It's like seventy-five grams of carbs and like a hundred <laughs> milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. 
but dude, it was funny. Like the for us for us that were there, like the whole day, we were just doing coffee runs for each other. Like me and like Matt Holden and and uh, and Joe. Um, it was it was a good time, man. Like it's it's always a great time being back there as a coach. You know, like yeah, I think the chemistry and like the amount of support that we have for each other is just. It's one of my favorite parts about being at these these bigger meets, you know. Oh, dude, the warm the warm up room is the most fun place to be. Yeah, not when you're lifting. When you're when you're coaching, the warm up room is the best. And like, I so I have, I mean, you met him. You met mm-hmm. Wei Lin. Wei Lin was was shadowing Steve, um, you know, at the uh, at the Arnold and, and helping us out. You know, helped me out, helped uh, Autumn out, helped you know other lifters of Steve's out. And, you know, I, I've mentored Wei Lin for, uh, for about a year now, you mm-hmm. know, we do, we, we do these one-on-one mentorship calls and, you know, there were questions he was asking me about, like, how do you grow your coaching? And for anyone listening, like there is, there is no better learning and networking opportunity than getting into the warm-up room at a national level meet. Being at a national level meet warm-up room is the best place you could be. Mm-hmm. Nationals, the Arnold. You build relationships with coaches. You learn and you see how people are doing things. You learn how attempts are run. You learn how to time. Like every bit of practical knowledge you can have about meet day and strategy, you're learning there. Mm -hmm. And then networking wise, it's like if you helped out and you were, you know, uh, enjoyable to work with, like you're going to get invited out to the dinner that follows the meet. And then Mm -hmm. it's like now you have friends and these coaches like that's that's where I formed all of my connections. Like I got into this sport very young. Um, you know, I started coaching very young and I had really good lifters at a young age. So I was always in the warm up room talking to the guys who were TSA to RTS, mm-hmm. you know, obviously to Joey met Matt Gary through that. Like, it's just, it's so invaluable. And that's why like, you know, um, you know, this past year at nationals, like I had, pretty much a, a, like a roster of coaches that I trusted even outside of our existing roster of coaches under Nori mm-hmm. that, you know, I wanted back there to help, you know, for their own, for their own benefit, for our benefit. Um, you know, cause it's, it's an opportunity that if you can get it, that's how you get into the the inner circle, I guess, so to speak of, uh, of powerlifting coaching. Yeah. You know, for sure, man, for sure. And like at this past, um, PLA Nats. It was really cool because I got a chance to talk to uh, to Susie and Matt Gary afterwards. Like, obviously, when we're in the zone and we're going head to head, it's like you know, maybe just say hi. That's it. But like afterwards, mm-hmm. it was it was really cool because I haven't had a chance to talk to them. You know, like in terms of like the newer generations of coaches, like Joe, Marcellus, all of those guys. Like we're all we're all close and we're all tight and cool. And you know, we talk story when we see each other. But like the I guess the OGs like. Matt and Susie Gary, like I've never, never talked to them, you know, and there's no reason for them to talk to me, you know? So, um, that time was really cool because we were, you know, in the same warm up room and, you know, they were obviously doing a, keeping an eye out for us and we were looking out for them and, uh, didn't really say too much when they were competing, like John Gruden and Sean, but afterwards we we're, you know, talking like, Oh my God, that was, that was crazy. Like, what were you guys doing? What were you guys thinking? You know, this is what we were doing. This is what we had planned coming in. And like, they're such sweet people, you know, amazing people. And like, yeah, it was, it was really cool to get to connect with them. And yeah, like you said, just touch bases in terms of like game planning. Like this is what they had wanted to do. And 
when this happened, what did you guys think? You know, this is what we were thinking. And that was just really, really cool to see, man. Really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, they run, they run a tight ship, man. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, they used to be really, really strict. Like I know they kind of like towards the end of their time coaching, like they've always kept things very professional. No question about that. But mm-hmm. they used to be very like, it's, you know, we, it's our way or the highway kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even in like a, a, not even an arrogant way. Cause they're just like, they pine, you know, they paved the way for like how to handle at these meets. And I think it was necessary because, you know, you get a lot of these lifters going to worlds and they don't really know like how to strategize properly. And it's like, that was their, that was their job. That was the role that they played. Um, you know, I used to train at Matt Gary's gym when he had it in Maryland and I remember one day getting an email at six in the morning, like as soon as he, you know, as soon as he got into the gym and he goes, because the day before, I think I had pulled 716 for the first time and mm-hmm. it was at his gym. He goes, he goes, congrats on the PR next time wear shoes because I had pulled it barefoot. <laughs> and that was it. Just signed off Matt Gary. Yeah. I was like, oh man. <laughs> um, so he had watched, you know, he had watched the, uh, he must have seen it on Instagram or the security footage, whatever it might have been. But you know, he, they're they're very particular, but for for good reason. You know, you don't yeah. get to where you are without without doing all the all the things right. And I have a mm-hmm. lot of respect for the professionalism, traditionalism, like sticking to you know what you know that works. And you know, now they have now they have their their new setup in in Bozeman, Montana, which is gorgeous for anyone who's never been. But uh, yeah, no, it's they're they're great people, man. They're yeah. really really good. Super, super nice. And even, yeah, I mean, like you brought up, like after the, after the meet, we're just kind of talking stories like, Hey, if you're ever in my area, come check us out. Like, you know, come visit please. And like, I was telling them, if you guys are ever in Hawaii, like, please come out to our gym, come check it out. It'd be awesome to have you guys. And just, you know, we kind of just got to know each other on like a personal level a bit. Cause Susie was like, Oh yeah, I used to be in Hawaii. And like, you know, this, I did this and that. And, you know, we're just talking life. Like, I think those, that's one of the the best parts about about doing it because you can talk about coaching and that's all fun and stuff but when you get to know someone on a little more of like a personal level that's always special too you know yeah no absolutely and the fact that you i mean you don't need me to tell you this but like the fact that that's how you're always operating is i think like a big part of why you are where you are you know as a coach as a leader in hawaii as a gym owner like It's, and, and I think I've said this before on probably multiple podcasts at this point, but like when you applied to work with me, you did not have the biggest resume of coaching of all people who applied. No, it it just wasn't. Yep. But you have that and that is something that you can't teach. And when it's like, when it's, when you have it that strongly, it's just like, you can learn anything, you know what I mean? But like being able to, to care about people that much, it's, you know, Oh man, you can't beat that. I really, I really appreciate that, man. Um, I wish I could, I wish I could kiss you right now. I know we're getting close close (laughs) to the camera, man. (laughs) But dude, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, when I had applied, I was like, fuck, I I was actually like hesitant to even apply because I was like, I don't even think I'm you know, I don't think my resume is going to look good compared to all these other guys who are applying. And I know you had like a ton of applications. I think you had like 60, 60 or 70. Yeah. Like that. Dude, I had like 60. Yeah. I had like 60 apps and then I had, I had, 
weeded it down to like 12 yeah. in the final round of it. Yep. Yep. And I was, yeah, I was nervous to even submit it because I didn't think that I had proven myself at a coach as a coach at that time, you know, I was just helping um, a lot of people like in Hawaii or my friends or just doing it to help people out. But for sure, I wasn't like a full-time coach or I wasn't like a national level coach. So um, I was nervous and I don't know if you remember, but I submitted my application like at the very last hour because I was going back and forth with myself. I was like, oh, should I do it? I was like, fuck, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I was like, no, I should do it. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Um, but I knew this was an opportunity. I knew like I wanted to take it more seriously. I just didn't think I was ready yet. But I was like, dude, the worst thing I can do is apply and, and get a no. Like that's the worst thing that can possibly happen, you know? I mean, maybe it's a and little bit embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I get a no and like we'd never see each other again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like it was also kind of scary because like a lot of my people, like a lot of people around me, um, they knew that you were my coach and they were like, dude, are you going to submit the application that like, you should do it? And I was like, yeah, I think so. But I think I was a little I was, I was a little scared because I was like, it would be embarrassing to kind of submit my application and then all these people know and then I get a no and it's like, oh. You know, I was, it's just thoughts that I had in my head, but I ended up submitting it. Um, and then I saw uh, kind of like the the final 12 of us. And I was like, I looked them up on Instagram and I was like, oh shit. Like all these guys are like, they had their DPTs or like, you know, they graduated with degrees specific to exercise science. Or um, I even saw Michael and I was like, oh shit. Like this guy's, you know, he's a national champion as like a competitor and he's like the head coach of all these guys. And he, he was a meet director, you know, like he has a lot more experience than I do. And obviously I think there's X factors for, for both of us. But when I saw Michael, I was like, damn, I think, I think he's getting it, you know? So that really just leaves like one more spot. Cause I think at the time you had planned on taking two, um, yep. I was like, man, among these other 10 people, like their resumes look a lot better than mine and their experience levels are, are way higher than mine. And um, I remember when we hopped on the interview, it was uh, it was good because we talked for like two hours. I think it it was something where we had planned the interview to be one hour, but we talked for two. And I was like, okay, I mm-hmm. think that's a, I think that's a good sign. A good sign. You know, it's a good sign that like we went a little bit longer and like you know got to know each other a little bit. Um, and I was following you on Twitter at the time, um, but I wasn't posting anything. But I checked Twitter relatively often, and. After our call, like at the end of the day, you posted something like, man, I've been having so many amazing applicants. It's been really hard to, 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 to find who my final two or three are going to be. But after today, like, I definitely know who it's going to be. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. I was like, dude, I either, I either crushed it or I completely, <laughs> I completely dropped the fucking ball. And, our mom, and, and he came out of that, that um, interview going, yeah, that's it's not it. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, dude, this is either one or the other, you know. And I had no fucking idea. Um, oh man. Yeah, but after, um, yeah, I mean, we we went through that whole process, and you know, it was on my mind for a while afterwards. And uh, you gave me the call when you had made the decision, and I was fucking flipping out, bro. I don't know if you remember that, but you were like, oh yeah, yeah. You were like, hey man, you know, I just want to let you know that I went through everyone and. Happy to say that you got the position, and I, I couldn't believe it, bro. I was, I was, I was tripping. I was tripping out. You know, it was. It didn't seem real, but um, 
Yeah, I just want to thank you so much, bro. Like, if without that opportunity, I would not be here because honestly, without that opportunity, I would have just become an engineer. You know, like this, that was the opportunity where I was like, man, I can, if I get this, I can really be confident in, in pursuing it. So I just, I just, can't yeah. it. I mean, I you thank don't, you enough, man. I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's, I, I'm just thankful that I've been able to open that door for you because, you know, this is, this is you, you know, this is like, I, I'm, I've told you this, like, I'm just, you have shown time and time again, you're willing to do everything that it takes to like help your people the best that you can, right? Like, and you go above and beyond to do it. Um, so I'm not gonna, you know, I can't, I can't take credit for that. That's always been you. And like I said, I'm just thankful to have kind of like opened that door and been like, you can walk through here and do that, you know? And I think people, for people listening, right? Like to hear the whole background, I guess, leading into you applying, like think, think about what, what Jaron just said, right? That he was pretty much going back and forth between even considering doing this and like the trajectory that your life could take at these pivotal moments is mm -hmm. it can be completely different. And I knew before he even applied, cause you know, I was an, an engineer in undergrad and I knew that Jaron was doing civil engineering. It's like, just, you know, like you said, like, imagine you, that's just the route you went. You're like, Oh, I guess I'm going to do this job that I hate. Yep. And it's like, how many people, how many people are stuck in that position? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they have two things in front of them. One being in action and one, you know, taking some sort of leap as daunting as it may be. And then they just don't do anything. Yep. And then it's like, you're just, you're stuck. Absolutely, you know? man. If I, if I had decided to just be like, uh, I'm not ready. Like, I'm not going to submit it. Like, my, my life would be completely different right now. You know? So just fucking go for it. The worst that can happen is just you get a no. And that's it. And then I delete your program. And, and then you delete my you program. We block each other. Never see you again. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, I tweet. I'm like, man, like I've been having so many tough interviews. But today I had the worst interview that I've ever done in my entire life. I know for a fact there are only 10 remaining potential applicants. That 11th was dog water. Oh, my God. That would have fucking crushed me, bro. I would have... <laughs> I would have gone, gone in hiding, never would have come out. Oh my God. That was so funny. I don't even know if you, if you knew that I followed you at the time, but I was like, bro, this is do or die. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. You're just looking at your phone. You're like, oh. yeah. I was like, re I read it like 30 times. I was like, fuck. Uh, how did, how did what this go? I'm trying to recall like what happened. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> My stint on Twitter was so short-lived. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> knowing if you followed me or not. Yeah. But oh, I hate that app. Oh. I spent like a month, spent like a month on Twitter, and then I just every time I logged in, my blood pressure would skyrocket, and I just had to delete it. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Why do they have to? Why do they have to show you people you don't follow? It's like. Yeah. That's the whole point of following, so that you can see what you want to see. And then I would just see so many just dumb, dumb opinions every day, and I'm just like, yeah. oh. I guess it depends what Twitter you're on. You know, like if you're on that side, it's it can be stressful. But if you're on the meme side, it's it's pretty funny. Like, I guess, you know? 
I guess I wasn't on long enough for for it to start feeding me memes. I was just mm-hmm. losing hope in humanity most of the time. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm looking forward now to finally coming to Hawaii because, yep. well, one, since I am staying 82, you guys are not going to pressure me into eating myself into a coma. So you got, you I'll, gotta I'll go to, to Omakase my... though, man. I know oh, we are. We are. That's your thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, let, we're going to take a little, a little moment right here. I have to, so, so the place that we're going, um, for anybody listening, so we're doing a seminar, the team of us mm-hmm. in, uh, in Hawaii, we're doing one at Ukiyo in the beginning of May. And, um, there, I mean, I think people can kind of gather at this point. <gasps> All right. Reservation. This is what people are listening to now. So <laughs> I, um, I'm a big, big food snob. Fine dining is like my thing. Mm-hmm. And omakase's sushi is my favorite food ever. So my plan is to take the team to this place called uh, Sushi Ginza Onodera, which is in uh, which is in Honolulu, and I've been meaning to make a reservation forever, um, but the time slot had not yet opened up. So I'm currently logging on right now to see if it is, and I literally am getting us this reservation as we speak. It's regarded as like the best omakase in in Hawaii. And the great thing about this is that um, the great thing about this is that it's not New York mm-hmm. or LA where these restaurants are booked out for God knows how long. So there, there are some open slots. So I'm literally, as you guys are listening to this, I'm booking this reservation right now. And the the it looks. Doesn't look like outlandishly expensive. Oh no, it it is. It's it's like three hundred fifty dollars a person. Oh shit! I'm looking at the I'm looking at the wrong thing. Then that is. That's a lot. I saw like a like a hundred dollars and like one fifty. I was like, oh no. shit, that's that's no, 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 Scroll no, down no. a little bit more. Yeah, there's like a there's a three hundred. There's a three fifty. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, no man, we're going we're going big. We're going big, or we go home. Yep. Yep. And I know you've been wanting to go to Japan too. Um and just eat the best fucking fish over there too. Yeah, man. I've I mean it's not it's not a trip that I'm like that I'm like dying to do just because like a lot of the the vacations I want to go on mm-hmm. in terms of like landscapes and and cultures that I want to see, a lot of them are in Europe. Mm. Um, like a lot of the Nordic countries as well as Italy. Cause I just haven't, I, I was in Italy when I was like a child, but I haven't been. And a lot of the places I want to go to in Italy, I didn't get to go to. Um, but the food in Japan is, is what I'm, you know, always oh, yeah. dying to, to have. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The thing is though, I feel like it's, you know, like the, I guess the benefit, right. For a lot of vacations that people take is like, you go to a different country and you get, the authentic cuisine of where you're going and it's so much cheaper than american food mm-hmm. but that's not the case in japan right like it's it's still it's still going to be very expensive in japan yeah for, so it's for the like, fish and the sushi yeah it's going to be expensive yeah. from what i've heard 
but I've heard that their ramen is really high quality and you can get it for really cheap. That their, doesn't surprise their me. Their like in- ramen, like on the, you know, on the street, if you're walking around, mm-hmm. is like phenomenal and it's super cheap. But for sure, their fish, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be paying a pretty penny for that. Yep. yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the gym just opened, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to 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 hop off pretty soon. But last thing before we head out, uh, we're both going to a Rising Tide this weekend. Um, I fly out yep. tomorrow, actually. Uh, get there Saturday and then handle Soul on Sunday. So he's the only lifter that I that I have on um, for that meet. How many people do you have competing? Oh man, I have quite a few. So I have. I have uh, Atomu Wakamatsu. I have JJ Tompkins. Mm-hmm. I have Trevor Bolas. I have Cole Wagner. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be, and I have Tang. Um, do you know? Do you know the owner of um, Quad Strength Systems? His Instagram is Quadzilla. Um, I think I've seen him. I ne- never met him before. Uh, never had any interactions, but it sounds familiar. Yeah, so I have I have five people I'm coming to handle. Wow. Well, if you need any any extra help, like please let me know. Um, oh, I appreciate you. Man. Mainly competing on on Sunday. So Tang, Cole, and Trevor are in the prime time sessions, Sweet. and then JJ and Atomu are just in the regular sessions. Got you, got you. I gotta double check. Yeah. I know Soul competes on Sunday. Um, I gotta. I check. think he's in the prime time session. Okay. I think he should be. Yeah. Uh, well, then in that case, it's going to be an amazing primetime session, man. Um, yeah, dude. If you don't mind giving some projections, what are you guys projected to hit for some of the guys that are in primetime? Because Trevor's competing yeah. at 82 again? Trevor's competing at 82. Okay. Unfortunately, he's he's been dealing with a bit of, of an injury. Um, it's just been very on and off. You know, it's not like a – it's not debilitating. You know, like he – it just kind of popped up at a bad time again. Gotcha. You know, he's been having this back pain that um, was giving him issues several months back, and then we overcame it, and training blew up again. And then just more recently, it's just been giving him more issues. Personally, I do think part of it is kind of like outside the gym circumstances. Like he has a crazy work schedule where he doesn't get home to like eight a.m. most mm. days. Oh my god! And then he just yeah, and then he just sleeps all day. So it's like. Wow. Things are weird when your circadian rhythm is, is thrown like that. But I think yeah. I think squat wise he'll be in the high sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, deadlift or sorry, bench wise I think that he'll PR. We've we've kind of shifted more toward like what um what we're doing with David Chan, like ah. the lower volume or not lower volume but lower specificity, lower frequency setup, and that's been pretty good. Nice. Um, you know, it just needs more time to be worked out. But I would say you know, probably somewhere in like the 155 range. Nice. Uh, on bench. And then for polls, you know, finally cementing somewhere over 700. Um, nice. For Cole, um, similar similar uh, outcome for, well, I guess not similar, pro- probably squat somewhere in like the 315 range, 312 to 315 range. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's tough for Cole is like, he and I don't mean to take up too much of your time, so I'll get I'll get quick through these. But Cole was a 93 that I told him I wanted to like. I, I told him that his frame probably suits him being like 220 pounds, mm-hmm. and now the weight class is 198. So he ended up losing weight from a body weight where 
you know, he's just in a spot now where he's competing 198. But I think that long term, he'd just be his. He's tall, big frame, probably better off at 100. Um, so, yeah, then J, JJ is the one that's going to be interesting. And it's going to be an interesting case study, too, because his deadlift, we run three week mesocycles, which is pretty short, I would say, wow. for yeah. most people. But then his squat, we run five week mesocycles. And the way that we have that have it all timed up, it's like week five is meet week. And then week three for deadlift is meet week. So like Mm. we set it up perfectly that, you know, he should be good for PRs across the board. Yeah. Um, Pretty big ones, you know, Um, Atomu, I had this conversation with him already. Man needs to move up, (laughs) you know, again, another dude is pretty tall. Um, and uh, Tang, this is our first meet together. Nice. Um, he's not not cutting for the meet, um, but he should be hit in for some pretty big numbers too. Probably squatting like around you know three hundred kilos, benching a little bit over four, deadlifting around seven. Um, yeah, but I uh, I told this week he asked me, he's like, "Yo, do you want me cutting for this meet?" I'm like, "No, no." Like <laughs> you've been you've been you've been eating. You've you've gotten yourself pretty heavy. Which yeah. long term is not what we want, but I don't want you just like freestyling a cut. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, having me do a 10 pound cut for you. And then we don't really have any reliable data on meat day because if the cut hits you hard, then, yeah. you know, what do we, what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. So, what, um, what weight everyone, class is he signed up? Uh, what weight class is he signed up in? 198. Gotcha. Yep. So, what is, what is his projected total in kilos there? So probably, let me do three, uh, 482, three, probably like around 800. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Very exciting. Like 802. Yeah. yeah, man. Sweet, sweet. And then for Seoul. Right, brother. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. For, I'm, not, I'm not the one in the rush. You got to take care of your we'll gym, do, brother. We'll do a quick one. We'll do a quick one. Uh, for Seoul, I mean, yeah, he's my only lifter, but we're probably looking to squat. 650 um, top end, uh, which would be a big PR for him. Bench, we're thinking 429 top end. And deadlifts, probably about 639. And then lower ends are going to be about five kilos less than that. So maybe like 640, uh, 418, and maybe like a 628. But I think if everything goes well, um, he's another guy who's just, he's so on 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 meet day. Like he shows up, you know. Um, yeah, his last his squat's meet, insane, dude. Yeah, his squat is fucking nasty. And then his last meet at nationals, like he got COVID either like two weeks out or the week of the meet, and so we were barely able to get anything done the last couple of weeks of prep. And then, um, but he still showed up, you know, showed up on squat and bench, moved really well. And then on deadlifts, like he had a full body cramp, so we didn't even we we barely warmed up. Um, I I don't know if you remember, but I think he took. Two reds as his opener, something like that. And I think we, I think we took four reds as his second, and then I, and then he pulled six six oh six on his third. Like we went from we went from <laughs> literally like not you know being able to move to hitting a PR deadlift in like fucking twenty minutes. Like it was crazy. those action jumps. He was yeah, but it was like not on purpose. It was like because he literally couldn't take anything without. Yeah. You know, cramping up. So he he was so locked in, bro. Like, I'm really excited to see what he does. You know, when 
we don't have that. And also just mm-hmm. the prep that we've had has been amazing. So, um, and I'm really happy that I get to be there for him. Um, he's amazing person, man. Amazing, amazing person. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. I think if everything goes well, um, we'll total about 780, anywhere from 770 to 780, uh, which is going to be a big PR for him and hopefully put him, depending on how many people they take for prime time. Like I, I haven't crunched the numbers or looked at the rankings, but I'm hoping that that puts him in like the top 10 um, of people who are going to compete at nationals. So if we can secure like a prime time spot for, for raw nationals, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I had to guess, I personally think prime time will probably be over 790 because I'm just thinking about the performances that we've had. There's, um, you know, obviously me, Russ, Jamar, Jawan. Is he, is he planning on doing it? As of right now, he signed up. Wow. Um, Angelo, mm-hmm. Sean, mm-hmm. Um, Gerald Scott. Oh, yeah. Kyle, if he does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy, uh, Abner. I can't remember his full name, but he's another one. Um, there's another guy who um, totaled 795 at the at the Arnold. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but um, he's definitely capable of – I mean, he's totaled 795 already at 82 and he's yeah. capable of more, so – you know he's he's a lot. Oh, of and Chris and Chris, my guy, oh, Chris yeah. Perez. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think I think seven, yeah, I think seven ninety plus is probably going to be prime time. Yeah, yeah, man, that is fucking deep. But we'll see, we'll see how things shake out. Uh, yeah, and we'll see who actually commits to to eighty two as well. You know, because I think there's one or two guys that either might not do it, maybe go up. So um, if they yeah opens a spot to potentially. Seven seven eighty being like the last the last cut, we got to see yep. how many people they take. So it'll be a it'll yeah, be man. A really well, good I hope so. Yeah, I'm yeah, absolutely, excited. man. Of course, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, man. This was a great talk. Yep, always good chatting with you. I get to see you in a few days, yes, so uh, you know that's great. You guys don't get to see Jaren. I get to see Jaren <laughs> unless you're going to be at at Rising Tide. Um, But yeah, man, this was awesome. Thank you guys for listening. This was episode 18 of the High Bar Podcast. Uh, The next one, we're probably going to have a guest on. I think last uh, episode with Aiden, I said we were going to have a guest on next. But after this, you know, after this Arnold weekend, Jaron and I had to hop on here. So next week, we'll probably have a a guest on here. Mm -hmm. But thank you, man. Awesome. All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you.